Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. Good morning. <laughs> Someone look at your neighbor and say, tell them, I like you sitting next to me. Sit next to me next week. Just tell them. <laughs> I want to I wanna share a message with you uh, this morning. With, it's called this. It's time to hear the charge. It's time to hear the charge. In 2020 was a most difficult year, wasn't it? 2020 was very difficult. Unfortunately, most people, most Christians, instead of rising up for a situation and a circumstance, everybody, Christians, went to hide. Went to hide. Hide because they're a fear of death. And Bible tells us, the Bible tells us not to fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who killed the body and soul. But because of fear, people ran, tucked in. Listen to other people's advice. But I think that was the most important part for us to stand up to say, you know what? God is over whatever virus. God is over this. I've seen too much upon my body, upon people, upon individuals that the doctor has said no hope. And then I prayed and there's hope. And they leave the hospital the next day. I've just seen too much. Don't understand why God does it over here. I don't understand that. But I've seen too much the power of God. But during the outbreak of COVID, the pandemic, during these difficult times in 2020, a popular app most of you, I hope, have on your phone. If you don't, please put it on your phone. It's one of the, to me, the best app out there. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. And it saw an increase of 80%, totaling up to nearly 600 million worldwide searches. It increased 80% of people searching. Well, you may ask me, what were they searching, Pastor? Well... Let me tell you, I'm glad you asked. The number one scripture that was found in their searches, and it was in these countries, in the country of the U.S., India, South Africa, Netherlands, and the Philippians. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Philippines. And I spelt it, Philippians, like a Bible. (laughs) Was Isaiah... 41.10. This was the number one scripture. So do not fear. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Someone say hope. Holding unto promises every day. Holding unto prayer every day. That what brings hope in Ghana was this. Was Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, noble, right, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, in any of these things, or there is excellence or praiseworthy, think on these things. Because people in times that are hurting, they go to God. So don't let the media tell you this. There's, There's people out there who want to know the truth. People who are still seeking. In Kenya... This was the number one scripture. Romans 8, 28, you know this. And we know, I love that part there. And we know that in all things, God works out good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Overall, the app tracked 43.6 billion chapters 
of the Bible read in 2020 with a half a billion verses shared in its highest level that they've ever had. Why was that? It's because when tough times come, that's when people draw to God. I would say, draw to God right now and don't wait for tough times. Just recently in the NFL game between Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bagels, you had this young man, Damar Hamlin, who tackled someone. And while tackling, the helmet hit just right and affected his heart. And he had cardiac arrest right there. And while this tragic took place, everybody started to cry, concern, and pray. Everybody started to pray. Wait a minute. We're at a national football game where prayer is not allowed. Is it amazing when tragedy and tough times come, it causes us to pray, to do something? And then what I thought with the ESPN announcer, he just said, you know what? I want to pray. And he says this. I don't know if this is right to do, but right now I think we need to do because prayer is something. Watch this. I don't know what this guy's faith was, but I liked every word he said. He said, we pray because we believe that God hears our prayers. That's why we pray. I'm like, well, that's faith right there, right over national television. In the midst of a hardship, God can get glorified. God can get seen if, if his people step up. You see what I mean? Someone say step up. You got to step up. You cannot allow your circumstances and your situations to control you. You got to know who you are in whom you belong to. That's what changes the equation, because you can still have peace in the midst of the pressure. You can still have peace in the midst of the pain. You can still have peace in the midst of the problem. Someone say amen. Because Jesus is who he said he is. But if we look at our problems, if we look at our pain, if we look at our pressure, and we chew on that, that's it, you're destroyed. You're destroyed. Because you're not walking in faith. I want to I wanna try to do this. And I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I, I want to just give you a 20-minute deal. It took three hours yesterday. Are you ready? You get your snacks. Get your coffee. Get your adrenaline. <laughs> Some of you do. So let's, let me take a journey here. Let me go through this portion of Scripture. This is a, a charge that David was given Solomon. And there's two of them. First charge that we have one in 1 Kings 2, 1 for 4. And that charge is David's really about to die. This charge is David is old, getting ready to die. But in 1 Kings, it's a little bit closer to his death. So let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 28. And let's read. David summoned all his officials of Israel to assembly at Jerusalem. And the officers over the tribes and the commanders over the divisions in the service of the king, the commanders of the thousand, commanders of the hundreds, and officials in charge of all the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons, together with the palace officials, the mighty men, and all of the brave warriors. Then watch this. Verse 2. King David rose to his feet and said, Listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had it on my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God, and made plans to build it. But God said to me, you are not to build the house for my name, because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Verse 4. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, 
chose me from the whole family to be king over Israel forever. He chose Judah as leader. And from the tribe of Judah, he chose my family. And from my family, sons, he was pleased to make me king over all Israel. Of all of my sons, and the Lord has given me many, he has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne on the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. I will establish his kingdom forever if he is unswerving in carrying out my commands and laws as is being done at this time. I want to focus on verse 8 and 9. David gives his charge now to to Solomon, and so he's got all his people around him. He is making a real strong plea, and he wants everybody to hear it. Who's the next king? What God has done? He's remembering the promises of God. And he says this in verse 8. So now I charge you in the sight of all Israel and of the assembly of the Lord and the hearing of, the, of God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God, that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. This is important for you to understand. David is given Solomon a charge, a charge to build a place for the covenant. And I want to today do a little correlation a little bit. As David was given a charge to his son, God has given us a charge to build his church. Not such and such because they're gifted. Not because such and such over here because, well, they got a better job than I do. Or not, not because they're more gifted. Everybody is gifted. I want you everybody to say this. Everyone is gifted. I'm talking about me. See, sometimes we don't, we don't want to do that. We always think, we always want to elevate something else or someone else. And we don't feel like the same God who's working on this person is the same God who's working on this person. And, and that's wrong. You never compare yourself to another person. I've been around all different type of people. All different people. I've been around some really smart people. That don't make me inferior. I don't really care how smart they are, what gift they are, whatever it is. That was their lot. They got it. Praise God. That's great. When I need some help, I know who's smart. <laughs> but then again, I have gifts too. So I'm not inferior to that. I don't lessen my gifts versus their gifts. It's just different. You can't say a plumber is better than an electrician and a carpenter is better than a plumber. Because when you have plumbing problems, you don't call a carpenter. See? So you know your gift is who you are. And you need to be comfortable in that skin. Someone say amen. amen. So Solomon is getting a charge by David to do now what God has asked him to do. And so there are three things I want you to understand. Is that we have to choose to follow God's command. We have to choose to follow on three things. We have to choose to be responsible. Someone say responsible. This is important. You'll get to see this in a second. You need to choose to be accountable. Come on, say it like you really mean it. Yeah, yeah. And you need to choose to be dependable. Accountable, responsible, dependable. These are three important things that not your brother needs to do, not your sister needs to do, but that we need to do. That's how things grow. Because right now Solomon in front of everyone is standing as King David is giving his charge 
and they are witnesses of what dad is saying to son. The benefits. And there's a benefit here in verse 8. If you look at verse 8, part B, he says this, that you may possess the good land and pass it on to your inheritance, to your descendants forever. Listen, listen, listen. As he's saying, if you're obedient for what I've given you, it will be a blessing to your family and to your inheritance, to those who come behind you. Do you want this church to be a blessing to your family and to the community Because, see, his faithfulness, Solomon's faithfulness, really counted what was going to happen. Now, we know Solomon had some issues. But you know the reality is? Is anybody here don't have any issues? Solomon did get back to God in his later days. Had some issues in the process. So just because you have wisdom, be careful on that great wisdom you so carry, because that can be your downfall. If it was... If it downfalled on the smartest, wisest man that ever lived other than Jesus Christ, then be careful on what your giftings are that you don't puff yourself up so well because it only takes one pin to go poof. That's why you need to stay close to God. Look at verse 9. And you, my son, Solomon, acknowledge God of your father. Serve him wholehearted devotion with wholehearted devotion, and with a will in mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire of every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you, but if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Wow. So let me take you on a quick journey here. And if you have a pen, you can take some notes. I didn't make notes today because it's been crazy. First, you've got to acknowledge God. Acknowledge God. You cannot do nothing if you don't first bring God into your problem, bring God into your situation. God has to be not second. God has to be first. He needs to be first. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding, but acknowledge him. Bring him into your path. Bring him into the situation, and he will direct your path. Acknowledge God. Recognize it starts with God. Then he says, serve him wholehearted with wholehearted devotion. 1 Samuel 12, 24 says, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Can I just stop for a moment and ask you, what has God done in your life? What would you say, God has done this? I want you to remember a little bit. Because in the midst of a problem, we sometimes forget what God has already done. And all we're doing is complain about the problem, but you have forgotten how God has done so many things. Why has he done that? To give you the strength, to give you what you need for this moment in time, to get you to the next level. Everything happens. There is a strategic God of heaven who is always doing more than we understand. He's never just doing one thing. There is a strategic heaven at work, and he's always looking. Just like Ezekiel says, he looked for a man to stand in the gap, but he could not find anyone. Even God sometimes can't find someone to do the work that he wants. One day, I mean, we were in, some, we were in a study, and I was dwelling on that, and I'm like, oh, God, that's so encouraging. That even God is looking for someone to stand in the gap so that judgment does not come, but he could not find someone there to stand in the gap. May we be individuals in our hearts and say, God, here am I. May we learn from Samuel, Lord, speaketh, for your servant is listening. But not to listen to what we want to hear, to listen to what he wants to tell us.
That's what relationship is. Because sometimes he tells us something that we don't really like. We don't understand. It doesn't make sense. But that's when we have to trust him anyhow. Because he knows what he's doing in a much bigger picture. So you need to understand that. This portion here tells us then that he has to serve with a will in mind. God wants your heart. He doesn't want your, your due diligence. God, God wants your um, delight, not your duty. You know, sometimes we do things for God and we're just going through the motion. The day I go through the motion is the day I get a 40-hour job somewhere. Because it's more than that. It's, it's, a, it's an opportunity. It's a, it's a joy to serve God. Period. Because he's with us. Some people don't recognize it and understand it, and they don't even understand what it is to walk in the presence of God even when you're in so much pain. I can tell you I can. I've been in much pain, but I've also had the presence of God in the midst. 1 Corinthians 9.17 says, I preach voluntarily. This is Paul the Apostle. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. But if not voluntarily, I simply am discharging the trust committed unto me. Meaning when you don't do it in the right way, you're really distrusting this trust that God has given unto you. So God says, I want a will in mind. He wants you to do something from a will in heart. Someone say Amen. And then in this verse here, God searches and knows the heart. God knows your desires. God knows your motives. You can do something on the outside, and God says, too bad the motives wasn't correct on this one. This would have been a really good blessing for him. God knows your motives. God knows your heart. Look what verse 10 says. Verse 10 says, consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build the house as a sanctuary. Be strong, and everybody say, do the work. Come on, someone say, do the, work. do the work. Now say it like you really need it. Do the work. <laughs> All right, I, I, I heard everybody. i am write you down, names, and do the work. Do the, do the work. Don't point at me. Do the work. <laughs> God wants us to do the work. This is important for us to understand. God's saying, Solomon's getting this incredible to build the place of the presence of God. God has done the same thing to us. He's given us the ability to build the very place where people can experience the presence of God. We know they can experience the presence of God outside. We are the living tabernacle. We understand that. But we also know, we also know that God, when people come together, something happens. This is why it's so important. When you come together and you stop praising and everybody's on the same court and they're there, hearts are there to serve God, love God, and they're just loving on God, something happens. Even when the ones that really are not too sure, it's like a bowl. People are filling the praise bowl and then it spills out on everybody. I love when that happens. So the next time you come into worship, just in your mind as you're worshiping God, you say, God, I'm filling the bowl so it can spill up on my brothers and sisters. I'm filling the bowl with praise because I love you. Someone say, fill the bowl. bowl. Mm -mm -mm. I'm feeling a few more pages coming on. (laughs) So let me take you on a quick journey here. Did I say that before? Good, you're paying attention. Let's reflect on our charge. Our charge, your charge, that God has given us all. A charge. This is important for you and I to understand you have a charge to build a church. 
First, acknowledge God. It is our foundation to put God first. If you really want to live your life, put God first in every area of your life. If you're not a tither, you gotta, you got to give God your finances. You're not, you're not um, a doer, you got to give God some of your time. You want to tithe your time? Be in church on Sunday, the first day of the week. Just put God first. You know, I would never even have to say that. If people prefer God first, everything else comes naturally. It just comes naturally. When you love somebody, you want to spend time with that person. You, you, you just, it's about love. Everything is about love. So first of all, you have to acknowledge God. Number two, you need to see God. This is our choice, your choice. Matthew 6.33 says this, but, the, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what do you say? What do you say? And all those, well, you know what God calls them? Things. Things are not bad, you know. Things are just things. They'll, God will bless you because he loves his children. And, you know, he'll bless you with something that you, you would enjoy. But that doesn't happen if the perspective is not right of putting God first. Someone say, put God first. In everything we do, put God first. That's how we're going to answer the, the charge to build his church. But if we seek him, he'll be found. And that's a promise. He says, you know, knock and the door will be open to you. Seek, you shall find. Ask and it shall be given unto you. And if we do that, God's going to meet you right where you are. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. That's a promise. Number three, forsake the word. If you forsake the word and his ways and disobey, this will bring judgment. I've seen this so many times where people just don't want to listen to God's word, doesn't want to do it God's word. You know, they, they got their ways and that's it and they'll put God into it, da, da, da. But this brings problems. Jeremiah 17.5 says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on the flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. Just be careful. Put God first. Don't forsake the one who loves you the most. Don't allow addiction. Don't allow problems. Don't allow situations or circumstances that you're in to take you away from the one who loves you the most. That's a good point. You missed it. But did you know that was a good point that someone should have said? Amen. <laughs> okay, that must have just been delayed. Let me go on. Number four, you've been called to build this church. That is your call. Ephesians 4, look what it says. Ephesians 4, 11. It is he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Watch verse 4, very important. To prepare God's people for the works of service. That means it's your part. You are to do the works of the service to serve God. So that, so that the body so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach a unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. You want maturity? Maturity comes when you start applying it. I don't care how much you know. I'll be honest. I've graduated from four colleges, and I'm still a babe in learning. 
when it comes to God. It's a funnel upside down. It's a journey that constantly is new every morning. It's not the knowledge that you have. It's the application of what you do. And that's why I'm giving you an exhortation today, like saying, saints of God, let's do it. Let's really own it. Let's learn to really seek God and pray and push in and say, you know what, God, forgive us for the passivity that we've had in the past. And now I'm ready for a new morning. I'm ready for a new day. I'm ready for a new experience through your power of your spirit of God. Someone say amen. Give God some praise in the house of the Lord. It's important for us to understand 1 Peter 2 says this, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves are like living stones that are being built up as spiritual houses to be holy priesthood, to offer spiritual, sac- listen, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Serving God, you have to sometimes stay in there. I've seen so much over the many, many years. They tell me I'm getting older this month. But I've had, a few, I've had a few journeys in a few years, and I've seen a lot of stuff. And Sometimes I see so much stuff. Stay in God, and let's see what God's going to do in you. Don't worry about your past. You say, well, I, you know what? Uh, I don't... Your past is behind you. Say it. Your past is behind you. Your future is before you. you got to know that, believe that, to see what God will do. Number five, you are called to be strong. And we're not talking about fleshly strong. It's nice to have some muscles in you, but that's nothing compared to spiritual strong. I've seen such strong people have no muscles at all, but they've been the strongest people that I've ever seen in my life. Because they were spiritually strong. They were a a person of faith. A person who could believe God even in the midst of the storm. They were a person who know God. And when you know God, when you start to fear, it really says you don't know God. Because you're allowing fear to rule and reign. And fear is just false evidence appearing real. And we give it too much attention. But we need to give God attention. If we do, saints, if we do, if we do, I guarantee you, God will show up and show off. It's a journey, though. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a journey. Hang on. Deuteronomy 31, 6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes before you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Uh, that's, they're, going, they're, they're going into war at this point in time. And God says, you know, it's like a pandemic going to war. You could die. But God says, hey, listen, I'm with you. Be at peace. How many are willing to go to war and not worry about the casualties, not worry about this, but say, you know what, God, if I'm one of the casualties, I'm one of the casualties. I've done some things that most people, I remember I touched an infectious person. I had was like a Martian going into that room. And they told me all the things I should not do. They warned me. They really let me know. But when I was there, God spoke to me. And I'll be honest with you. When God speaks, I do my best to listen. And not always. I've, I've, failed, I've failed many times. And so I took off all my gloves and everything like this. And I touched that person. 
And all of a sudden, what God did from there, he saved that soul. What a beautiful moment. And you know what you do next? You put everything back on before you leave the, the room. <laughs> then you go to a place and do what you got to do. But I want to tell you something, saints. Just listen to God. Have a spiritual strength. Don't fear. 2023 may be a bumpy road. Don't fear who God is. Joshua 1.6, be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their forefathers to give them. He's telling them over and over again, be strong and courageous, Joshua. I say to you, be strong and courageous, saints of God. Who is your God? Who is he? And who are you listening to? Yeah, the enemy fights. Yes, it gets tough. And yes, sometimes you might have some bruises along the way. But greater is he that's in you than in the world. You either believe it or you fold in because of it. You have to know who you are. And you have to be persuaded that he is more than able. That's who he is. It's not an easy journey. If you look at your scriptures, many of the saints didn't have it easy, but they were triumphant. And this day, we still talk about them because of the way they lived it. Number six, love this one. It tells us in these scriptures, verse 8, 9, and 10, it tells us, do the work. Be a doer of the word. I want you to understand we choose to follow God's command because we have to choose to be responsible to God's call on you. We need to choose to be accountable to God's word. And we need to be dependable to his work, his church, and the people he brings into our life. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, unmovable, always, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I mean, God sees, God knows. Chill out. How many want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Come on, how many? How many want to hear it? Okay, that's great. I'm glad you do. Then work. Do the work. You're never going to hear if you don't do the work. And what is the work? The work is what he has for you that day. Could be a person, an invitation. You got to bring them to the source. Bring them to the source. If someone's thirsty, bring them to the place where they can get their thirst met. Someone say amen. I love this. James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word, lest we deceive ourselves. Do what it says. Ephesians 2.10 tells us we are God's workmanship. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you are a piece of work. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> You're God's workmanship. We're all a piece of work. Praise the Lord. I've had plenty of people say to me, you're a piece of work. You know, I'm like, well, praise the Lord. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do in advance. So let's just get this. One, acknowledge God. Let's really bring God into everything because God is our foundation. Let's learn to really seek him, not just in corporate, but every day where we're in home, maybe at work, maybe we're driving on the road, and we spend some time talking to our best friend because it's a choice. Your choice you make today will be your results tomorrow. 
Number three, remember, if we forsake the word, the ways, and disobey God, it will bring judgment into our life. Remember, number four, you've been called to build his church. That is not just Solomon to build the tabernacle, but God has called us to build his church. You are a builder. Some of you are like, I don't even know what a hammer is or a screwdriver. That's okay. In God's church, you don't need to know about physical tools. You need to know about God's spiritual tools. Amen? Amen. Number five, you are called to be strong, not the flesh strong of muscles popping out behind the ears. It's spiritually strong, a life of faith. And then when you do those things, then do the work. God's going to then lead you down. If you, it's like a process. It's like building a wall. It's brick upon brick, brick, brick upon brick. And if we could just be doers of God's word, the things that God's already told us to do, there's nothing hard to say Jesus loves you to someone. There's nothing hard to give someone a smile and say, hey, listen, you know, do you know that you're fearfully, wonderfully made? Or do you know that, you know, how you doing? Not too good. Can I tell you, there is someone who wants to, be, wants to help you their eyes light up. I try to help everybody, even with a small nugget, to give them a thought for their day. Because wherever you are, that's where God wants to do something. And sometimes more than others. So I leave you with this. You have to choose to follow all of God's commands. It's a choice to be responsible. It's your choice to be responsible to what God's given you. God has given you a call to build this church. There's a lot of work to do. There's a lot of acts, sacrifice. But you have to be his best witness and the best salt and best light. It's your choice. Your choice. It's a choice to be accountable to what God's word, what God's word says. You're accountable. You, every, we're accountable for every word that we speak and all that we do. We're going to be accountable. We've got to be responsible. And I like this most of all. It's a choice to be dependable, to God's work. You have to be dependable. If you put your hands to the plow, don't look back. The Bible says he who puts his hands to the plow and turns away is not fit for the kingdom of God. What is it saying? He doesn't want you just to give it up while it's hard plowing. Amen? And this is the last thing that I want to show you. Y'all probably be pretty happy. <laughs> I want you I want to challenge you this morning to recognize where we are as a church, to realize that you play a part. The church is made up of many parts, and you play a part. Don't dismiss your part. Has anybody ever seen a finger without a fingernail? Has anybody seen a finger without a fingernail? How ugly that finger looks without that fingernail? And people say, well, I'm just a fingernail in the body of Christ. And I get so upset when they have that mind frame because, saints, a fingernail. Lady, ladies, if you didn't have fingernails to paint, what would you do? Hmm. You say a fingernail counts. Matter of fact, a fingernail actually seals in your finger. And there's some actually cool stuff about a little fingernail that I'm not going to get into. But nevertheless, God does things wonderfully. You are built and called for such a time as this. Stand to your feet.
I challenge you. I brought forth what God had upon my heart to give to you today. I want you to go forth and ponder. These altars are always open to pray, to seek the Lord. I'm going to put a blessing upon you. But we are going to increase our time of prayer. If you want God to do a work, you're going to need to pray. You're going to need to seek the Lord. It's got to be a corporate thing. Someone say corporate thing. If you do your best, you know God will do the rest. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now that you would truly grab hold of our hearts. And Father, I speak right now to those watching online. If Jesus is not their Savior, and if you're here today, and if you died right now, and heaven is not your home, it's so simple, so simple to get right with God, to have peace with God. And that is, first, say, God, I did some things wrong. I've sinned against your word. I've sinned against you, oh God. Here it goes. Please forgive me. I submit myself to you. And Lord, I believe you died on the third day, And you rose again, defeating sin, death, and the grave. And so, Father, today, today, I choose to follow you. Get into his word. Get into his ways. Fulfill his will. What God will do in you. Just get right with God. Give God your best. And I'll tell you what, he really will do the rest in your life. Father, will you bless each one here today? As the altars are open for those that choose to pray, to take some moments. Father, for those online, as they just seek your face, will you, they draw them ever so close to you, God, and realize for such a time as this, let our hands be upon the plow. Let us truly desire to do your will, to do thy works while it is day. And so, Father, I pray that each one of us would be accountable, responsible, and dependable in the way we live our lives to give you honor and glory. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give God some praise in the house of the Lord? Can you just tell him how much you love him? He's worthy of praise and glory and honor. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079 or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30am or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean Have a blessed rest of your day Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day